Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The world can seem like a scary place, especially lately. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your crucified and risen Savior, nothing dooms you for all eternity. In today's message, Pastor J.D. talks about how believers in Jesus Christ should not give in to a spirit of fear or despair. There's always hope in Jesus. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on July 18th, 2021. There's enough of a distance between the jab and the death, as it were, so that they cannot tie it back to the actual jab. And I'm calling it that for a reason. It is not a vaccine. It is not a vaccine. Another possibility is that some may only be getting a saline placebo initially and even intentionally. And I'll expound on that if you'll uh, just bear with me. According to this June 29th Newsweek report, a small number of people have been injected with saline rather than a COVID vaccine in South Carolina. I had several people send me this video of a recorded phone call to Moderna from someone who experienced adverse effects from the jab. So she calls in and she talks to this Moderna rep. And the Moderna rep states, and I'm quoting, all the clinical trials, trials, are still ongoing. Results of the phase three study, wait, phase three, oh, we're, that means there was a two and a one. I know that's deeply profound, but if we're already in phase three, we must have already finished whatever phase one was and whatever phase two was. Results of the phase three study show there are no severe cases of infection among participants who receive the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine. Listen very carefully, quoting, prepared with 30 cases among those who received a placebo, which is no vaccine. Wow. Well, the vaccine, quote-unquote, injured caller interrupts and asks, quote, so only 30 people got that placebo? The Moderna rep responds with, quote, so in phase three, yeah. Here's the question. Why would they bother injecting people 
with a saline placebo when they're hell-bent, quite literally, on getting the entire population jabbed. Here's one possibility. It could be that they are initially giving people saline so they don't fall ill or die right away, then say it was accidental to get them back in for the actual jab and injection. According to this report, Minnesota vaccine recipients were, quote, accidentally given a saline shot. In it they say, and this is interesting, the patients will have to be revaccinated. vaccinated Care says it's taking steps to make sure it doesn't happen again. Come on. Number four, this is a biggie. Why are those who get the jab becoming magnetic? You've heard about this? Have you seen the videos? Well, as more information comes out, it seems to be pointing to the presence of what we mentioned last week, graphene oxide. Frank Kessler, a good friend of mine, good friend of the ministries actually, he's from Tennessee, sent me some information on this, and we've again included the links, all the links are below. But here's some of what he had to share. A friend of mine, while having dinner, brought up the magnetized arms after getting the jab. He had to know if it was real or not, so he started researching. To his amazement, the comment sections in his research were full of people attesting to its validity. One comment made mention of graphene. My friend couldn't find anything until he located this article out of the UK titled Battery and Energy Technologies. His background was working extensively repairing MRI machines, optometry machines, aircraft instruments, and you name it. He's an electronic geek in short. I told him about the mark of the beast and the luciferin in the mark and the needle patch as you described, and he said that's exactly what the properties are in the graphene, turning light into an electrical current and being fluorescent, making it suitable for biosensing. He was blown away. The structure being carbon and its many properties, i.e. magnetic, electrical, conductivity, photoluminescent, photovoltaic, drug delivery. He also sent me this article from Carter Heavy Industries, and they answered this question of what is graphene oxide. Quoting, all the major C-19 shots are manufactured using the same graphene oxide nanotechnology. These particular nanoparticles remain unmagnetic when they are in sub-zero degree environment. Oh, oh now I get it. Oh, that's why. 
still quoting, but they become magnetic when they reach the same temperature as the human body. This may explain the now undeniable phenomenon of countless people displaying magnetic properties after getting the jab. Dr. Jane Ruby, a pharmaceutical drug development expert, stated that it's due to a substance added to the vaccines called superparamagnetic iron oxide nanoparticles. They're added because it's, and I want you to listen very carefully, it's an aggressive delivery system to get it into every cell of your body. The process is called magnetofection and is available in scientific literature such as PubMed. You okay? All right. Number five. How can we know the real numbers of deaths from the jab? Answer, we really can't know because they are, well, you'll forgive my borrowing of a corporate term, they're cooking the books. They're covering it up. That's why, by the way, Biden wants to read all your text messages, and Facebook wants to fact check all your posts to protect people from misinformation, because misinformation is killing people. I agree. Misinformation about the safety of this so-called vaccine is killing people. Yeah. So is there any way to kind of get an idea of what's really happening here and how many people are actually dying here? Well, pictured here is the VAERS data through July 7th, showing 9,048 deaths, which at first glance seems, uh, they're just numbers, right, on a screenshot. No, they're not. Those are people. Those are fathers, mothers, grandfathers, grandmothers, daughters, sons, sisters, brothers. Those are people. And I want to brace you for this, because I've heard it from more than one source, that this reporting, VAERS, it's believed to be only about 1% of the actual number. I'll let you do the math. Here's an article titled, Dr. Peter McCullough, Whistleblowers Inside CDC Claim Injections Have Already Killed 50,000 Americans. Dr. Peter McCullough, the most highly cited physician on the early treatment of COVID-19, has come out with an explosive new video that blows the lid off the medical establishment's complicity in the unnecessary deaths of tens of thousands of Americans. Dr. Peter McCullough said these deaths have been facilitated by a false narrative. And then he said this, 
COVID was a bioweapon, and the vaccines represent phase two of that bioweapon. That's what this is. And that's the truth, by the way. I know it's a hard truth, but it's the truth nonetheless. Okay, if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, i got to believe that you are, the seriousness of all of this can leave you a little hopeless and even fearful. I have to confess that, in fact, you know, I was thinking about this on the way here this morning. I think this is the Holy Spirit. It kind of hit me the importance of this text in Hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 through 6, because it's about once being saved, always being saved. You cannot lose your salvation. If you're born again, you cannot be unborn again. Why do you parenthetically say this, Pastor? Well, because the enemy is all about trying to put doubt in our minds concerning our security and our salvation in Jesus Christ. And never was this more important, I believe, in my humble opinion, than it is today. If you only knew the number of emails we get from people who say, you know, I, I took the jab, am I still saved? Yes! Am I going to hell? No! If you're saved, you're saved. And by the way, this is another, I was thinking about this just this morning. It could be argued that this is yet, like we need an, another one, we don't, but yet another case that proves that the rapture of the church has to happen before the seven-year tribulation, and that the Antichrist, the beast, cannot be revealed until the church is removed. Now why is that important? Because if we're already in the tribulation, or even if there's doubt, and you, you wouldn't believe, I didn't mean to go off on this, but whatever, <laughs> too late. If you only knew how many Christians are saying, we're already in the tribulation. No, we're not. Because if we're in the tribulation, then that means that this could already be the mark, and it's not. Now stay with me, and, and here's how I get there. There are no Christians born again at the time of the execution, I'm sorry for that word, of the mark of the beast. I didn't mean to use that word, but for lack of a better one. There cannot be Christians here at that time. The church has already been removed. Well, wait a minute, Pastor, what about those that get saved in the seven-year tribulation? Oh, when this becomes the mark that you have to have in order to keep your job and buy food, 
It'll be at that time that it will be in concert with the worship of the Antichrist. And that's when people will realize, wait a minute, I heard about this, my Christian friend that's been gone for a couple of years now, because he disappeared in the rapture. They tried to explain it away as an alien abduction, UFOs, like in the movies, by the way. He told me about this, and now it's happening. And it will be at that point that many will come, multitudes, by the way, will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in the seven-year tribulation. But the church isn't here. Can you imagine? So you're a born-again Christian, and you, you have to understand that those who receive this mark are doomed and damned forever and ever and ever. You know that, right? So I'm a born-again Christian, and I unwittingly, unknowingly, even innocently take this mark that I'm told in the book of Revelation will doom me for all eternity? Well, that sounds to me like then that my salvation is tentative. And Satan's all over that. Because if he can get us as Christians to doubt our salvation, that's a game changer. That changes everything. If I can lose my salvation, stay with me, this is very important. And the enemy doesn't want you to hear this. He also doesn't want you to hear the teaching in Hebrews 6. But if I can lose my salvation, then the implication is that I've got to do something to keep it. Does that sound like grace to you? That sounds like works to me. That sounds like I have to bring something to the table of salvation to keep my salvation, if I can lose my salvation. And oh, by the way, it's blasphemous to even utter the words. When Jesus said, it is finished, He lied. I know, again, that's, oh, it's hard to even say that. God forbid. Cannot be. No, He said, it is finished. What's finished? The work. It's finished. Nothing else needs to be done. He didn't say, it is finished if. It is finished however. No. It is finished. If you're saved, you're saved. You can't lose your salvation. If you could lose your salvation, then Uh, Well, Paul said it basically, we are to be pitied if Jesus did not finish the work, defeat death, pay in full for sin, we are to be pitied. In fact, you know what? Pack it up. Let's go home. We don't need, you don't need this anymore. God forbid. God forbid. Let me say it like this. For those of us who have a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, we need not be given over to a spirit of fear or despair. Yes, all of this was planned, 
And those plans are being carried out exactly as Bible prophecy says they will be, replete throughout the pages of Scripture, one prophecy after another, speaks to exactly that which is taking place today. It's all coming together exactly, precisely, perfectly, as we were told it would. It was all planned. But God has a plan too. Jeremiah 29 11, I know this is a life verse for many. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I want to share with you something that I was reminded of. The Lord reminded me of this experiment decades ago concerning hope. You probably heard about this, but picture here is a pro-life ministry article titled, Hope Floats. I like that. Back in the 1950s, Kurt Richter, a well-known Harvard graduate and scientist, did a series of rather unorthodox experiments using water, buckets, and rats that resulted in an amazing discovery. He wanted to see how long rats could swim before they drowned. Richter put rats into large buckets half filled with circulating water. Being notoriously good swimmers, the rats lasted about 15 minutes before giving up and succumbing to the depths of the bucket. In a follow-up experiment, as the rats started to give up and sink, he pulled the drowning rodents to safety, dried them off, gave them a brief period of rest, only to put them right back into the same bucket. Here comes the amazing part. Those same rats now swam for an average of 60 hours, two and a half days. A rat that was temporarily saved survived 240 times longer than one that was not given any intervention. Richter's conclusion that saving a rat from drowning, even temporarily, gave that rat hope. It's been said that you can only live a certain number of days without food, less number of days without water, but one can only live seconds without hope. And we have that hope. We just need to keep on swimming. The rapture is our blessed hope. It's almost, uh, how do I say it? It's not like, oh, I sure hope. Oh, I, I, I hope so. No, it's not like that. The Bible, though written long ago, is inspired by our Creator. God chose to speak His truth through ordinary men, but these men had their eyes fixed on their Heavenly Father. 
Their words hold a great deal of meaning for us in our world today, and maybe more so in the times we're in. Much of the activity of this world is mirrored in the pages of the Bible and is pointing to a new era that we need to be aware of. In Pastor J.D.'s weekly Mideast Prophecy Updates, he's been searching the scriptures and the news headlines and sharing with us what he's found. You can access these updates by heading to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking on the YouTube link. Jesus will be returning to the earth soon to judge the evil that has been destroying it. And that return, friends, is drawing closer with each new day. Pastor J.D. tells us through these updates each week where we are in relation to Bible prophecy and how close our Savior's return just might be. No one knows the day or the hour this incredible event will take place, but we know from the Bible that we've been told what to expect in the moments leading up to this event. If we adopt a sense of anticipation in our daily walk with Jesus, we'll also gain with it an urgency to share the gospel message with the world around us. We're called to unashamedly boast about our Savior and plant the seed of hope which Jesus promises to water. Share Jesus with someone today and join us for another edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update right here on In Spirit and Truth.